The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs with Chiefs the podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, talking about a week three victory. The Green Bay Packers beat the New Orleans Saints 18 to 17 in a nail biter. And your hosts were in attendance. Perry Goldstein, do you still have jet lag? How are you feeling after an incredibly crazy weekend? Um, it was the best kind of crazy weekend. I am not jet lag for it is only an hour's difference. However, I am quite tired from sitting in the Milwaukee airport for about four hours. Um, but I did make it home. So that is all that matters. And it was a victory Monday. So at least it, they didn't lose. And because like for three quarters, I thought I flew all the way up to Wisconsin just to not even get to see them score a touchdown. But they pulled it out somehow they absolutely did so let's dive right in i mean we have a really short week we got a quick turnaround on thursday night um i think initially we were all hanging out pre-game saw the reports that jahir was out christian watson aaron jones and it felt it felt a little bleak like that's not the supporting cast that you want for a young quarterback making his debut at lambeau field and for three quarters it really seemed like those were pieces that were missing um but the packers pulled it off so Let's uh, let's talk about some impressions from the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely um, probably one of the more inconsistent days that we've seen. Um, a lot of I know PFF and a few other stats only attributed like four drops on the season or something to Packers receivers. I felt like there were four drops in this game. In the half, um, yeah, in a half. Like it was. They kept shooting themselves in the foot. There were a ton of penalties. I felt like every time, at least in the first half, every time they would get some kind of forward progress, they'd make it to midfield or they'd make it to like in the 40s of the Saints territory. Something would happen. And not not that the Saints would do anything to the Packers. The Packers would do something to the Packers <laughs> and they would get backed up. 
um, at a field goal range. So it was incredibly an incredibly frustrating first half to watch. Um, the run game never really got going, uh, except for the one amazing, fun 11-yarder from Keyshawn Nixon on offense. Love to it more, but just like a lot of ups and downs. Um, obviously, Jordan Love was only 50% completion percentage on the day, 22 of 44, which is not what you love to see. I think the completion percentage is a little bit of a skewed stat. It's kind of like QB wins. It's like there's a lot that goes into that that has nothing to do with the quarterback. Um, but the offense also had some really lovely moments. And I think in the end, it was Jordan Love and the offense resiliency that won them this game. Um, now we'll talk about the defense and, you know, they did an amazing job holding the Saints to only 10 points and giving the the Packers offense the opportunity to go and win this. But it was kind of Jordan Love throwing the team on his back in the fourth quarter and just saying, yeah, we're not walking out of here without a win. So a lot of things on tape that I'm sure they're going to want to discuss. And I think you and I can look at some of, I have a few plays in mind that Jordan definitely is going to be like, I want that ball back. Um, right. The, the deep ball, Luke Musgrave, the fourth and two to Patrick Taylor being top two. So the one thing I have, and I, I would love your thoughts on this too, is inconsistencies, fine. Completion percentage, fine. None of it super worries me. The run game worries me. <laughs> We're going to get Aaron Jones back, but like that doesn't change the fact that they couldn't get anything going on the ground. And this has now been kind of three weeks in a row where if Aaron Jones isn't playing, there literally is no run game. So that's the only thing that I'm like, against the Lions, we better see some more yards on the ground. Yeah. Um, shout out to our friend Dusty Evely who joined us uh, for the game. It was great to watch with him and get his thoughts live. Um, but one of the things that we talked about while we were like in the stands was this idea that, you know, we said that there would be growing pains on offense. What of this offensive performance do you attribute to growing pains? And what are, you know, what what's attributed to Jordan Love not having his entire left side of his line and right. two of his best playmakers? So that's kind of a really interesting conversation too because we haven't yet seen this Packers offense at what is supposed to be full strength. We might see that on Thursday. We'll talk about it when we do our Lions preview, but getting glimpses. And it's been fun, right, to see like Dontavian Wicks has had a couple really good weeks strung together. Romeo Dobbs looks like he could be a wide receiver one. Um, Luke Musgrave obviously getting a ton of opportunities. Jaden Reed. So there's a lot of fun things to like on this offense, but absolutely it's kind of hard to tell like, is it the rookie growing pains and like the missed connections, guys not being on the same page. Or, you know, is there more to it? Um, the run game, yeah. though, absolutely a problem. And I think, you know, you look at, I, w- I was thinking about this. A.J. Dillon's stats, 11 attempts for 33 yards, three-yard average. But if you take away the one 14-yarder that he had, that means that he ran 10 times for 19 yards. That's a 1.9-yard average outside of the one 14-yarder. That, yeah, right. that can't happen. You you just can't do that. And Andy Herman, a bunch of guys broke down, you know, videos of it. Even live, like, at the stadium, you could see where the hole was. And I don't know if it's yes. a vision issue or, you know, if things are closing too quickly. Because he's not a speedback, right? There's some holes he's not going to hit like Aaron Jones can. But it's a concern. It's a big concern. There were a few. And if, like, you and I can see them with our naked eye, from the stands from row 45 right from row 45 like that you should be able to hit that hole when you're on the ground um I'm so glad you brought up the kind of the balance between is this injuries versus growing pains and 
I do want to say, I think that there are certain moments where, you know, Samori Toure had a few drops. You get a Malik Heath who can't, who hasn't been able to like get a catch in this game at least. And you just know when Christian Watson is fully healthy, when Aaron Jones is back, like those guys are just not going to be on the field as much. And so you like to think that like you're replacing that non-production um, with higher production from their starting players. So I think there's a lot to look forward to in this offense. Um, but it is, I mean, Jordan, it stands out to me and it, it stood out a lot. I don't know how people felt watching it um, on the broadcast, but certainly live. He keeps going back to those guys. You know, this is not like, okay, Samori Turi, you messed up. I'm done throwing to you, right? Even the the final game-winning touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, that was a back shoulder fade that Love had not hit on all game. He'd been trying to get to the back pile on all game, and he kept testing it, kept testing it, kept testing it, and even to Romeo Dobbs, who hadn't come down with it yet. And then finally, you know, they hit on it, and they end up winning the game. So it's really fun to see a quarterback who's kind of like, all right, I trust you all. We're going to run this, and we're going to hit it eventually. Um because maybe next time now he knows exactly where to put the ball. The receivers know exactly where to be and what the timing is when it worked. So that was fun to see as well, but it was, it was definitely incredibly frustrating. I think, you know, Jaden Reed pretty much dropped a touchdown um, through his hands uh, in the, in the end zone that we were in. So you, you want to see those things cleaned up for sure. Um, But he spread the ball around. Yeah, he, he really is, and everybody's getting involved, and I think you kind of have to when you're without Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, so really curious to see what the offense kind of continues to evolve into. Really fun, of course, like you mentioned already, to see Keyshawn Nixon get in there on offense. Um, we know what Malifleur is, right? And we know he loves to to put creative things on tape, so I'm sure there's a lot that we saw in week two that he'll come back to in week five, some things he did in week three. You know, he's he's giving us different looks, and when he has his full arsenal at his disposal, I'm I'm curious to see what happens there and really interested to see what the wide receiver or excuse me, what the running back rotation looks like because Patrick Taylor has already been um, elevated three times from the practice squad. Yeah. So, you know, is there a conversation about adding him to the active roster? You know, do you kind of shuffle th- some things around because not on the ground, he didn't, I think he had two attempts on the ground, but he had a couple, you know, nice catches that I think sparked some things on offense. So somebody's got to start making some plays in the running back room. And we know Aaron Jones obviously will be doing that when he returns, but you also can't have him shouldering the entire load of the running back room because as we've seen, if he's out a game or two, the running back, you know, it's, there's no production there and you can't run an NFL offense with zero production from your running backs. No, you can't. And you also can't expect Jordan Love to drop back to pass 44 times in every single game. Like he did in this game. Right. Um, Patrick Taylor had three catches for 23 yards and I do agree with you. It did feel like his catch and run for the first down was kind of a little bit of like a spark. It was kind of the start to their getting rolling um, and then finishing off the game with that amazing 18-point run. Um, I also think, and we talk about this very often, is like you can't put the entire load on Aaron Jones. Like they have always had this running back rotation. Malifleur has always wanted to bring in multiple different kinds of backs who can do different things. And so right now, if you do have Aaron Jones, you're very one dimensional. Now you're an amazing one dimension because Aaron Jones is phenomenal. But at the same time, you know, look at him, he tweaks his hamstring and he's out two games. Like if he's doing a full workload, 
you have no idea what that's going to do to his body. He's never had to be that back, even though he full, I think is fully capable of being that back. So, so something ha- I'm just kind of reiterating your point here, which is like something has to give. Um, and at what point are you just like, sure, sign Patrick Taylor because, you know, someone we have to um, and we don't want to lose him and he's bringing some juice or, you know, give Emmanuel Wilson a few more rushing attempts. He only had two for six yards. Like someone's going to have to get in there and start making some plays on the ground, especially for a team that, I mean, they're running their play action without a run game, which is very funny, but like eventually like you're a team is not going to bite, right. Cause you're not running the ball and you're going to have to start running the ball in order for like the rest of your offense to operate. Yeah, that's, that's, all good points and you know we'll we'll talk about it of course in more detail when we get to the lions preview but have not given up 100 yards on the grounds yet this season so another big test obviously coming for the run game against possibly the the best run defense that they've faced so far through four weeks so when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Let's flip it now. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball because you talked about it at the top of the show. Obviously, only allowed 10 points the whole game. Rashawn Gary, give him his flowers. First three-sack game of his career. First of many, it feels like at this point. He probably got better after tearing his ACL, which I'm not quite sure is possible when you mm-hmm. look at um, anatomy. But yeah, really impressive performance from the defense to, to only give up 10 points. Yeah. Um, also not to be overstated that Kenny Clark also had a sack. So they were yep. four sacks on the day against the Saints. Yeah. It's so funny. Like this defense can be so frustrating and that you leave this game and you're like, they only gave up 10 points. Like they really did such a good job clamping down on the Saints offense. Now you can point to the fact that Derek Carr went out. Sure. But their backup quarterback is a starter. Like James Winston is a starter on any other team. So um, while he's a very different guy, he can sling it against you. And I think they did a really, really nice job. Um, Also without two of their, their starting corner, then the guy who is replacing their starting corner goes out with an injury. So Corey Ballantyne's up on the practice squad, you know, going up against like Chris Olave, who's a first round wide receiver and like the best, you know, they're number one, respectfully. So I'm just very impressed by this overall performance. I think it was like top down and amazing performance. I thought Darnell Savage played a really nice game. He's playing really aggressively. The front was getting after the Saints offensive line, which if you listen to our preview show, we said that that's going to be key because the Saints offensive line is um, at bottom of the league right now in pass block um, and pass rush win rate. 
I'm going to trip over my words again saying that. Um, and they did it. They showed it. That, like, that's their weakness. They were they were running all over them, and, and they did. Um, they were able to get to the quarterback and really kind of stifle any kind of rhythm, especially in the second half. Um, I also just want to talk about, you know, we watched them get gashed on the ground by B. John Robinson, and I think we all were like, okay, is this the Packers of old, rearing their ugly head, or is this just like that B. John Robinson is really talented? And – I'm leaning towards the latter, not based off this game, just like based off, you know, Bijan Robinson is just really freaking talented, but they really, they really stopped the run very well in this game. I think um, Kendra Miller, if I'm saying that right, got the most carries, nine carries for 34 yards, Tony Jones Jr., eight carries for 31 yards, um, and Taysom Hill, four carries for 12 yards. So it was an under a hundred day on the ground for the Saints, and I think there wasn't really any like big major run that they allowed to like break open. It was just it was just like an all around stout performance. Yeah, something else that you know going back kind of through because we we see all these things live, but you really don't get the full scope of the game until you're able to go look at the numbers and kind of see how everything shook out. And something I came away really imp- impressed by, and you could feel it in the stadium was the third down efficiency of the Saints. They were only 4 of 14 for a 28% success rate. And I think that was a real strength of this Packers defense. We've seen them struggle, you know, to get off the field, especially against the Falcons. It felt like they were just constantly moving, moving the chains like four yards at a time. And the Packers are really good at that on Sunday. They completely shut down the Saints, especially in the second half. And that was imperative to them winning. And, you know, you mentioned Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, that pressure really helped in those moments to get that Packers defense off the field because we saw a lot of it in week two, a game that we felt they should have won. They got gassed and it was nice to see them kind of have the energy and bring the momentum in Mm -hmm. week three, because that felt like it was missing last week. Absolutely. I mean, I have to give it to the, to the crowd because I think a lot of times you hear about Lambeau not being really like this home field advantage anymore. And the crowd never gets into it. Like, the crowd got loud. At least in our defense. section. Our section was great. No, but you could hear it too in like videos and apparently like on the broadcast and things like that. It was it was very apparent. And like there's that like synergy, right, between fans and especially between the defense of the home team where like they can really, I think, feed off of that. And, you know, you hear about like the Seahawks and the Chiefs and certain teams were like, that home field advantage, it's almost like there's a 12th player right on the field with them. And it was fun to be a part of the crowd that got really, really loud on third down and then have the Packers kind of like be successful there. So I hope in the future that everyone at Lambeau kind of keeps that rolling because you can just feel it, right? Everyone on the sidelines, like supportive. It's just like, it's a very interactive, if you will, experience. And I hope it's helpful. I mean, there were players that were saying like, you know, it it was electric in here and they certainly feed off of that. So I guess they needed it with the amount of injuries that they have. Right. We, I didn't even mention that Devondre Campbell went out like somewhere in the second quarter with an ankle injury, never returned. So they're kind of on their like last dregs of the depth at this point. Um, And turning around a short week is going to be tough. They're going to need to, they're going to need to rally. Yeah, absolutely. Also want to give, you know, a quick mention to Rudy Ford. I thought he had a pretty nice, nice game that the safety tandem played well in general. Rudy Ford led the team in tackles with seven. Well, he tied Quay Walker for combined tackles with seven. 
but he also had two passes defensed and you know it felt like those came at some pretty significant moments yeah, so totally. so far for not really understanding who would be starting safeties throughout pretty much all of training camp the safeties are kind of holding it down so let's shift I guess that. the Packers kind of knew what they were doing then because they <laughs> didn't really make any moves and here we are I, I do want to talk about Quay Walker really quick Okay. Because I think through three games, he has really shined. Um, I just feel like he's been all over the place, making tackles everywhere. He's always in on like key stops. And if a guy misses a tackle, you know, you hear it's number seven who like finally gets the player down. So I do want to just give him a quick shout out. Maybe he's my stock really early stock up because um, you look for guys to make that kind of like second year jump and you talk about it all the time. And I think it, historically hasn't been happening a ton with Packers players that where you hope it does. And it looks like he has really like taken that leap. Yeah, absolutely. So then let's segue to game balls. Maybe Quay is one of those for you, but who would get your game ball coming out of week three? I mean, it's Rashawn, right? This, this guy tours ACL less than a year ago. Um, you know that he works so damn hard. Um, to get back, you know, he puts a hundred percent into everything that he does. And so to see him come in and wreck an off an opposing offense is amazing. It's exactly what you want. You worry when a player has such a significant injury, like whether they're going to come back the same player and you said it, he's like almost better. Um, But also like he's on a snap count still, like he's playing like what 30% of defensive snaps, like maybe less than that. Um, And they're slowly increasing it. So I can only imagine what kind of wreckage he's going to do for the rest of the season. Um, But he just looks the part. And when the Packers lost him last season, you know, their pass rush was a bit, I mean, it was nothing without him. And you can see again, like why he just, he's just, I don't know. I I don't have a word anymore for him. He's just an athletic freak. (laughs) All right, my game ball is going to go to kicker Anders Carlson. I'm knocking on wood. I don't know if you can see me doing this. My wood paneling in my basement. We're knocking on wood because right now Carlson has a 100% success rate, field goals, and extra points. We talked about it on the show. We talked about it on Pack-A-Day. We talked about it on Twitter. We talked about it everywhere that he struggled in training camp and he struggled in the preseason. And what would this amount to in the regular season? Would they need to call up old friend Mason Crosby? Would they need to look elsewhere? No. He's killing it for a rookie to come in and have a 100% success rate through three weeks and some big time moments and some big time kicks. He gets a game ball for that because that is incredibly impressive. Yeah. I mean, we, and we saw a kicker not succeed right in this game. Ultimately it was the reason why the Packers won because the Saints kicker, you know, missed wide, right. Um, so yeah, it, I think Lambo is also a historically like pretty hard place to kick. So if he can do it in Lambo, he can do it anywhere. Absolutely. So who gets your stock up then for the week? Or did you kind of already tease that one? It's, I think it's Quay. I just really like the tra- trajectory that he's on. Um, I like what he brings to the middle of the field. I like the energy. I would love to see him used a little bit more creatively. Although with injuries, I imagine like they're really going to need him to be like the linebacker. Now he's wearing the dot, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, from Joe Barry to Quay to the rest of the defense, he's the communicator, which is huge. So, and so far, actually, now that I say this out loud, I think the communication between the defense has been really nice. I mean, yeah. granted, they haven't been perfect, but it has not nearly been the same as last season where you're like, are you guys 
is talking to each <laughs> other. So whatever they're doing with Quay and his level of to like share Joe Barry's plan to the team on the field, it's going well. I agree. Um, I The stock up on the offensive side of the ball feels a little bit easy this week. So I'm going to also talk about the defense just a little bit. And I'm going to split mine with Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage. We obviously talked about them a little bit already, but I just think our expectations for the season for the safety unit were pretty low. And through three weeks, I think that Ford and Savage have performed really well. Savage had an incredible special teams tackle. He brings the juice. Matt LaFleur has given him shout outs in week one and week three now post game talking about how Darnell is always the guy on the sideline coming up to him and saying, coach, we got you. And I think that's so impressive for somebody that was in his position last year who got benched, who didn't get to start for some of the season to come in and say, hey, regardless of the situation, we've got it covered. So really impressive leadership out of him. So he absolutely would get my stock up this week. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, You know, it's a guy that you're like, we're rooting for you. You know, right. this, this is a really important year and we need a starting safety and we don't want you to be bad. Like the Packers picked up his fifth year option and you might as well hope that they get the most out of him. And I think so far there, he has completely exceeded my expectations. I mean, you saw flashes right in the early seasons when they drafted him, you could see the athleticism and the way that he can fly around when he plays close to the ball. And then last year, maybe it was just like, you know, you hit rock bottom and there's only up to go kind of, kind of situation for him. But I like the way he's playing a lot. Absolutely. Then who gets your stock down? Because I, f- I, f- I feel bad having the same stock down every single week, but it feels like we know where the stock down is going. Well, I have a different one actually. Okay. So um, my stock down is like the bottom half of the wide receiver room. I think we went into this season being like, look at all this young talent and, oh, it's so exciting. And like Samori Touri and look, the breakout star and Malik Keith. And I think it's becoming a little bit clearer, like who the actual starting wide receivers are and should be and who the depth guys are. And that's important, right? It's it's important to know kind of where everybody stands. And I mentioned it earlier, where like Christian Watson is going to come back and it's going to take snaps away from some guys, rightfully so. But I think it's like very clear that, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, and Dontavian Wicks are like the guys at the moment. And there's a pretty large differential between them and the rest of the wide receiver room. And again, like very impressive. That's two rookies. One of them is a fifth round pick and the other is a second year receiver. Like they've really done, I think, a a phenomenal job in terms of like probably partly scheme and Matt Lafer calling things to get them open and putting them in positions to win. But like I watch Dobbs and wicks off the line and like they just seem leaps and bounds ahead of where you know you would think that they would be at this point in their career um and I think Jaden Reed has so much skill to him and the speed that he brings to his offense is just like nothing that they've had in a very long time his hands need to get a little bit better but again like that's something that you can learn um so I'm I'm stocked down on some of the I don't call them bottom tier but but Depth yeah, wide receivers. Yeah, that's I think that's fair. I guess my stock down would go to punt coverage. <laughs> like, yes, there we go. I mean, <laughs> I I think one. it's fair to question like I think Rich Basaccia is a very fiery coach. I think I would probably run through a brick wall if he told me to. Like I appreciate hearing him in pressers and I like listening to him, and I think he has a lot of buy-in from his guys, like he Nixon. You know, he joked about how 
Nixon had to go study the offense on his own time because he's one of his core guys. Like that's where he belongs is on special teams. But something's got to give, right? If you're talking about being the bottom of the league and special teams for so long, you can't have those kind of big momentum shifting moments in a game, especially when you have a young quarterback. Right. So they were able to overcome that, obviously, and pull out a win. But let's let's work on let's work on our punt punt coverage, guys. That's that'll yeah. be my stock down for this week. I was waiting for when we were going to talk about that because you're right. I mean, like in this game, the defense held up. They were able to keep them from scoring any points in the second half. But you're going to play better teams than this. You're going to play better quarterbacks. You're going to play better wide receiver cores. And, like, that's not going to be the case. And if you get a punt return like this for a touchdown, like, that could, that's game with some other teams that you're playing. So they just got very lucky, I think, that it didn't end up being this, like, huge momentum swinger. Yeah. So lastly, then let's talk about our favorite plays of the game. What got you out of your seat at Lambeau Field, Perry? Uh, well, you would know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, obviously. <laughs> you saw. Um, oh, gosh. I think Jordan running it in for the touchdown is probably up there. That's his first touchdown at Lambeau. Um, like I said before, I mean, he really put the team on his back in a way that we have not had to see him do so far this season. Obviously, it's week three. Nor do I think that anyone would have expected him to yet. We talked about this, like, in, in our Falcons a recap show right like he had his opportunity but like my god like all the pressure and then here he is leading like one of the greatest comebacks in the franchise's history and we're like okay well he can do it um and I loved him just kind of like using using his legs in a way we haven't seen in a while from Packers quarterback scheming things up you know Demario Davis is no slouch he's a like pro yeah, like that, like he juked Demario Davis. You know, like the the, t- the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, I'm not going to discredit. It was a gorgeous ball. It was perfectly placed, but they were picking on Isaac Yadam for obvious reasons. Like you juked Demario Davis. This is like a very different level of skill. So just amazing play. But I think also the two-point conversion is also probably up yeah. there in just like a bundle because that play – I. Again, I'm going to talk about J.T. O'Sullivan, I think, every week, but I watched his recap of this game for Jordan Love, and I'm not sure I realized initially that the play totally broke down. Mm-hmm. Like, their original read wasn't there, and Love really improvised and, like, had to just find someone who was open. And, again, we talk about his poise and his calmness and his demeanor, and it just keeps showing up week after week, and especially in, like, really key moments like this where that two-point conversion is everything right they had to that's how they won was um that very smart decision by Matt LaFleur to go for two there and he totally had to improvise in order to convert it so just like overall impressed with his fourth quarter yeah I agree and it was cool to hear like Samori Ture talk about it after the game and just say like we know that Jordan Love likes to go off script so if things break down to not get frazzled and to like find an opening and sit in it so I think that's really impressive too to know that you have by you know he's got four starts to his career like to be that young and to be that poised and to have that kind of mindset is really impressive I think my favorite play it would have been the Jordan Love uh the touchdown but I also think you know they got the biggest reaction from the fans was definitely the uh, the Jaden Reed 30 yarder where he like laid out and it was just a perfect ball especially after you know a couple of like you know drops just inconsistencies yes to come up in such a huge moment on the sideline 
It was a third down too, right? Third or second, but I, I, it, it was an, it was a key down. It was yeah. like yeah. So that I think that would have been the moment was just you know it's always fun, right? When you're at Lambo and everybody just at once like a C gets out of their seats to like see what happened, and that was definitely one of those moments where like all of the energy you could just feel inside of the stadium. So. Any final thoughts then before we wrap this thing up and then kick off our Lions preview? Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I mean, this was not the greatest day from Jordan Love, but I still think um, I'm not super concerned. I, you know, he'll get on the same page with Luke Musgrave. I do think that was a little bit of a layup and he should hit, but there's others that he'll watch the tape and he'll fix it. And I just think everything that he's shown us so far should leave us all feeling very, very confident that he can go out and win a lot of games and you just love hearing from his guy, like every single guy in that locker room would like go to war with him, which I think says a lot for a first year starter. So I love the trajectory that we're on. I think I'm going back to like what we, we you and I talked about a lot this offseason, which is like they need to get progressively better. And like step by step, you can see like the building blocks of it happen. And they're going to go up against a really, really big challenge. Go, you know, they're home but it's a short week. They're very injured and this Lions team is very good. And so, you know, next, next step in their overcoming adversity this Thursday. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that's kind of where I wanted to wrap this is we have talked about it ad nauseum on this show. The idea that Matt LaFleur's teams get punched in the mouth and they don't know how to respond. You can't respond better than not scoring any points for three quarters and then rallying to an 18-point comeback and winning a game in the fourth quarter with the quarterback making his fourth official start. Like, you just can't. So all the the narratives about Matt LaFleur, all the talk about this team not having juice, I don't know. We don't need to care about what those other locker rooms felt like. This yeah. locker room feels special. And this could be a team that is 7-10 and 10 and still feels special. And I think that's important because this team can be special for a number of seasons because they have the pieces to do that. They're young. They're all on long contracts. There's really nobody that's like a key piece, assuming they extend Sean Gary that won't be around. Right. So this is a really young core nucleus. So to be able to overcome adversity in moments like this, it just shows you what this team is made of. And I think it's really exciting long-term. However, the season shakes out to know that, you know, this is something special that they're building over at 1265. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Cool. Well, Let's wrap this up. I was gonna like wave my uh my rally towel around, but I didn't I didn't get a chance to do it in the beginning of the show. So really exciting comeback. Grateful to be there, grateful to have obviously gone to the game with you. Thank you as always for listening to the show. You can find us on YouTube. You can also find us everywhere you get your favorite podcasts at PWSS Podcasts on Twitter. And find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. We will be back very shortly with a lion's preview because it is a short week but thank you as always for listening to the show please download it if you can because it helps out our listening numbers follow the show on youtube if you don't already and go pack go go pack go